KYW Original Podcasts. This is a Flashpoint Extra. I'm Flashpoint host, Cherry Gregg. Today is Valentine's Day, and it's also Black History Month. So I stumbled upon the perfect story that is the intersection of the two. Everybody who knows me knows I love theater. And August Wilson, the late August Wilson, is a Pulitzer Prize winning playwright. He was known for telling the stories, impactful stories of the African-American experience. Well, apparently the man had a love affair with a Pittsburgh-based waitress. Well, I talked to her daughter, Faye Coleman, who now lives in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. And she wrote a book called August with Love. I can't wait for you to hear about it. Take a listen to this podcast and happy Valentine's Day. Let me tell you why Faye is amazing. She is a new author, a book called August with Love, based on love letters you found from August Wilson, the Pulitzer Prize winning playwright, to your mama. Correct. What? (laughs) (laughs) This is like the love story of all love stories. So take us to, first of all, how did you find these letters? Well, first of all, thank you for allowing me to be here today and to share this unique story. One thing I did all the time is my mom and I would have lunch together um, during the weekdays. I'd sneak off from work a little bit and spend some time with her because we're besties. And uh, one day we were sitting at home at her place and we were eating lunch and uh, something referencing August Wilson came up with regards to fences or something regarding him being a Pulitzer Prize winner. And I said, oh, I would have loved to see one of his plays. She said... Augie's play? I said, Augie? That's a little familiar, you know, for a Pulitzer Prize winning playwright mom. I think it's August Wilson. She said, no, it's Augie. She said, I know him. And I said, well, how do you know him and how do I not know this? She said, you do realize we're from the Hill, right? We grew up on the Hill. And I said, of course. And the Hill is in Pittsburgh, y'all, for for the Philly people who don't know what the Hill is. Go right ahead. People don't know. She said, of course, we grew up on the Hill. She said, as did August Wilson, if you know who August Wilson is. And I said, oh, that's right. She said, so in the 60s, we may have had a time together. And I said, what? So you saw him... You referenced him. She says, no. She says, we had a relationship. Whoa. And I said, well, so you saw him, you met him, and we went on a date. She says, no. We had um, quite an interesting relationship for a number of years. And she said, matter of fact, I think I have some letters. And I said, you have letters. So she jumps up and she goes, I think I know where they are. So she starts to scour the house. And trust me. You know, I'm thinking that she might come back with maybe a letter, maybe something he signed for her. And she comes back with this handful of letters. I was floored. I said, why did you even keep them? And she said, well, I just kept the best ones. I threw away most of them. Wow. Because she didn't know that he was going to be a Pulitzer Prize winning playwright. This was real love. This was real love. Listen, August Wilson in the 60s was a young man who had a passion for a Pittsburgh girl that worked in a restaurant where he used to go in and write every day. First of all, your mom's name. Pat Coleman. Well, 
Pat Coleman, depending on who knew her. She might be Patty. She might be Patty Lou. She might be Trish. She might be Patricia. So, you know, that's just how varied she was personality-wise and then who she knew. You know, as you're growing up, yeah. you can refer to people in terms of what name you call them. But Pat Coleman is her name. So she worked in a restaurant. She worked in a restaurant as a waitress. And August would come in every morning and she would feed him and he would write. But he would sit there and write all day. They developed a connection. And that connection stood the test of time. And it's interesting because, you know, just talking about earlier, we're talking about Two Trains Running, right? Well, Two Trains Running is based on a restaurant in Pittsburgh Mm. on Wiley Avenue. And the cover of the book has a woman serving breakfast. So it just so happens my mom from Pittsburgh working in a restaurant on Wiley Avenue, serves some breakfast every morning. And the front cover has a woman serving breakfast. And the letter he wrote to her, actually, he talks about her serving him breakfast. Arguably, could have been considered his literary muse for two trains running. Whoop, whoop. I absolutely (laughs) love that story. So is your mother still with us? She is not. The reason this all came about, that we're even talking about this today, is because I read one of the letters during her funeral. It was a moment. Somebody heard the letter, and then they reached out. So then I had a number of institutions calling me. Um, I had Harvard calling me. I had, at that time, the August Wilson Center calling me. But I wasn't ready because she had just passed, and I wasn't interested in really sharing the letters at the time. And I I don't really think I understood the magnitude of the letters. Mm. As time went on, I was at a gala, and somebody said, tell me about these letters from August Wilson. And I'm sitting there, I'm looking around the table like, well, who could have told that story? And it was my girlfriend, Kathy, and sitting beside me was um, Rakia Reynolds, and she's a publicist. I think she's a publicist for Serena Williams. She said, you got to tell this story. Why are you sitting on these letters? So it was at that time that I started to take it seriously, and I had reached out um, to a number of organizations. The Philadelphia African American Museum was interested the National Museum of African American History and Culture was interested. Because August Wilson passed in 2005. This is like history. And to know where his ideas came from. Yes. I mean, that's that's amazing. You didn't even, you, did you even know what you had? I did not. People kept explaining it to me. Mm-hmm. And after a while, I started to believe them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I started to take a step back. I mean, when I sat down with the executive director for the Philadelphia Philadelphia African-American Museum, she said, I don't think you really understand what you have. You need to really think about how you want to share this story. Yeah. And I was so appreciative of her for that. And so you decided to write the book. So I decided to write the book. And she actually counseled me on potentially writing the book because she said, if you're going to put the letters out, you have to make certain they understand their origins, their purpose, what was the intention behind them. And only you can do that. And the context. That's right. Because it's so important. Absolutely. Tell me, you know what, as a as a as a woman who is very close to my mother. Yes. But only recently got to know my mother as a woman. And there's a difference. And we looking at each other right now because you know what I'm saying. This is knowing your mother as a woman. What was that like? Because, you know, your mom is your mom. But this is your mom as a woman. I can't tell you how much that strikes a chord because I think when she came back with the letters, mm. 
that I said for the first time, I'm seeing my mother the way everyone else sees my mother and not just seeing her as a mother, I'm seeing her as Pat Coleman. But then as I read those letters, I really understood who she was as Pat Coleman. Mm. And, I'm getting chills right now. Oh, uh, it was, you know, as I read each letter. Now, mind you, I think I've read each one of those letters. There's six of them. And I think I've read each one 10 times at least because they are that complex. They are that complex. And we're going to get you to read one of these letters, okay? I'm going to read one. You're going to hear one. I'm going to actually gonna read the one that has breakfast in it. Yes. Because your mom, what did he eat every day? I got to ask that. That's a detail. Coffee, eggs, grits. She said the normal breakfast, but she said anything I put down in front of him. She said, listen. I said, well, you know, you might ask the question, why didn't it last? Right? Yeah. I'm looking. You see my face. (laughs) (laughs) They can't see my face, but you can see my face. (laughs) So you might say, why didn't this great love relationship last? Well, at the time, August's passion was truly his writing and bringing those works to life. My mom's passion was raising me. Wow. What are you? Are Look, do y'all want to know? So that's not your dad, is it? No. No. Okay. I was about to say, like, oh, my God. Okay. So you were around I when. Was a little over a year old. So you're right around that time. Yes. This is a very interesting story. You found all these things about your mother. What what things surprised you the most? You know someone on a certain level as a dutiful daughter. And, you know, we were best friends and we did everything together. But if I could have said that she had someone's heart in that way, Mm. I would never have known that. I always knew she had an impact on everybody because everybody who knew my mom, especially people that were my generation, they all called her auntie because she had the type of impact on you, right? Immediately she would connect with you and she'd be like, you know, you would talk with her next and you'd be saying auntie, you know, how because she wanted to make certain that you felt comfortable, you felt a part of, um, because she took you on as her child, just like she took on her own child. Mm-hmm. You know, I was an only child. My mom, she was a maverick. You know, she believed in being responsible. She made 70% of my clothes when I grew up. I got beat up because of it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I was the best-dressed child in the projects. And uh, But when you wear a maxi coat to first grade, it's not going to go well. But looking back, <laughs> you're like, I was avant-garde. I was. I mean, oh, today, It was couture. Oh, couture it was all couture. the way. Yes, there you all go. All the way. <laughs> uh, yes, and I had the receipts. But unfortunately, you know, my other first graders, they weren't feeling me at that yeah. particular time. But yeah, she, she was that person. But she, first and foremost, I was always her top priority. She was always encouraging me. She said, you will be able to get out of the projects. You will go to school. You will go to college. And You'll now you do degree. very well in life. Tell us what you do. I spent the first 15 years of my career as an engineer, packaging, processing, facility design, primarily in the food industry, craft journal foods. Campbell's Soup is what brought me to New Jersey. Yes. So, yay. So I came on over to Campbell's Soup in the midst I was having family. And then I switched gears into retail, working for the Home Depot, then Target. I've supported store operations for the 58 Targets in the area, uh, New Jersey, Delaware, and then part of uh, Philadelphia market. And then I went on to... um, CVS, where I became a market leader for them for several years. 
So, you know, my Your mom was proud. Your mother was proud. proud. You know, so I had my engineering degree, got my MBA from St. Joe's right here in Philadelphia. The proudest moment for me in my life are my two kids. Yeah. Jade and Jordan. They are my best work ever. They're both in college. My son's at Lincoln University. He's running track and he's a graphic design major. And my daughter's at uh, St. Joe's and uh, she's looking to get into nursing or physical therapy. She's a biology major. But uh, they're both our best work. Amazing. And I'm sure your mother feels the same way about you or felt the same way about you. And so now you have this book, August with Love. Yes. And you're going to be having an event coming up. Have an event coming up on February 28th. Would like to invite everyone. It's a free event. Uh, It's at 7 o'clock at 1776 at the Cherry Hill Mall. And you're going to hear about a few things. A story told from the daughter's perspective over the trajectory of her life or my life, as well as my mom's. It's going to have the backdrop of the love story uh, of August Wilson and my mom. At the same time, you're going to have, hear other things. You're going to hear how it was uh, for me to be raised as a, my mom was a single parent. You're going to hear about uh, the Hill District, the historic Hill District, mm. the black elite that came through the Hill District, uh, the riots. Um, you know, the first housing project was built on the Hill District. Wow. And um, so it's an interesting dynamic as you think about urban uh, redevelopment and what that meant at the time and what that means today when we talk about gentrification. Yeah. And that so, was a big part of big part the, of the plays, 60s. the plays, a big the, the chunk of plays that um, got August Wilson, the Pulitzer Prize yes. were about that. And Two Trains Running yes. specifically was on that issue and the diner where the the woman who in, in many ways was that identical to the figure your mother played in his life. Yes. Was set in that scene it was set in that scene yes Yes, absolutely so it it was an interesting time to be part of the hill district culture it felt like center avenue was the epicenter uh of the hill district and there was just so much great uh energy and economic and commerce that was going on at the time and then it just slowly went away eroded you know and drugs took on teenage pregnancy just many things just crime you know just became a crime-ridden neighborhood and it was sad and it never never recovered still hasn't recovered but uh, right now they are refurbishing August Wilson's home it is a historic landmark on the hill and interestingly enough his home is three doors down from my boyfriend at the time when I was in high school so I must have walked past his home at least a hundred times wow you know so you just don't know all these things right under your nose. Right under your nose. And so what are you going to do with the actual physical letters? Because are you going to are they going to be in a museum? Are you auctioning them off? I would be scared to have them in my house. I know. I know. Well, I keep them in a safety deposit box now. So, you know, the evolution of the letters have gone from being scattered about my mom's home to then ending up in an envelope in my house in front of my TV in my bedroom for about... <laughs> seven years uh just really sat in the envelope there till someone said get it together here uh and i think it was not at the philadelphia african american museum she said please at least you know put them in some preservation type you know materials so i've done that and uh and now they're in a safety deposit box wonderful so for now Family safekeeping. For now, family safekeeping. I ask my kids all the time, you know, what do you think I should do with them? And they said, please don't give them away. Yeah. It's the only 
tangible thing that we have of grandma and we would like to to hold on to that so for now we're holding on and can I ask this question how did their relationship end is that in the book it it is it's in the book and it's actually uh in one of the letters Uh, August talks about it's a letter called the death of feeling and uh he talks about how the relationship ended and how yeah Oh, yeah. it was actually a two page. This is the longest letter he wrote. It was two pages. The two page letter. A two page letter. And it started out being written um, uh, just uh, regular. Uh, and then he switched to cursive writing for, you know, for some reason. I, I don't know. Sometimes I guess the emotion makes you change the way you you write at some point. But um, it was just interesting to see even his writing style. You know, as he crafted his letters, you could see some that were very deliberate and personal, and it seemed like some were um, emotional. Um, some are very, uh, some are somewhat uh, spicy. Because uh-huh. I was wondering what kind of, because this is before, you know, <laughs> all kinds of photographs that people send via text message. Yeah. They, so some of them got a little hot. Some of these letters are spicy. And I. I wasn't, you know, this your mama's so. I had to read a couple to get to make sure I was not reading anything spicy. So you got, got to know your mama as a <laughs> I got to know her real well, like I said. Did I she like, write him back? He probably had the letters, yeah. She did not. She did not write him back because that was his way of communicating to her. It was really using those words to engage her in that way. Wow. And, you know, when you think about it in terms of, how do you like to be engaged, right? Mm-hmm. You know, um, what does that look like or feel like? Yeah. And I can tell you, I read those letters, and I've had some love letters written to me. Now, don't get me wrong. I never had a love letter written like that. Ooh. Not one. Not one. So I said, that was some type of impact. That's why she kept them. Mm-hmm. She, she, so she, she got did. rid of them, so we the ones talking. that weren't that good. Right. She got I, the good ones. And I said to her, I said, you know, do you have any regrets you know because he had passed before she did yeah she said I don't have one single regret she said because I knew the path that he was on and I knew the path that I was on and we both were successful Mm. well on that note because we're going to wrap up but I want you to take a moment to read one of the letters okay I'll read one and just so you know I had also um, just wanted to share, and Cheryl would kill me if I didn't say this. All the letters have been authenticated. Yes. So I did that a couple years back to make sure that at least the public was aware that these letters were authentic. I had a chance to have um, August Wilson's nephew, who runs his foundation, I had him read the letters. And he said, these are absolutely from my uncle, I can tell you. So I wanted just to make certain that that validation was around them. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I'm going to read. And she did tell me that. Yes. Did she? Yes. Okay. So I'm going to read a letter. And the letter is dated April 4th, 1966. And uh, which is actually the month of his birthday. And it said, Pat. Here's your poet, doffs his cap, mannered and smiling, 
the thin-legged girls rush past, poking their tongue at his lips. Breakfast with honey girl smiling. Fish with rice and two breasts. But damn, where are you? You love, this where I look for you. Always yes, it is where I have known you to be. With funny nose serving coffee. I might as once imagine that I see you in starting, route my mirror of show with horrible disappointment. And turning away toward you, it is where you are. Continue straight to home and wedding with no bells though, but love. There, I am love in August for a moment only. And then a thin veil with nothing to cling to but poems. August with love. August with love. Is that how he ended every letter? Absolutely beautiful. So tell us again, where can people get tickets for your yes. event? Yes, so uh, you can register on Eventbrite. And this is free, y'all. It's this is free. free. Just look for August with Love. And it's February 28th, 7 p.m. at 1776 in the Cherry Hill Mall. Come out. You're going to hear so much. Um, you're going to even hear some experiences uh, regarding the, the KKK. It, there's a lot going on here with this young girl from Pittsburgh and this passionate uh, young man that became one of the most renowned uh, Pulitzer Prize winning playwrights. So I'm excited that you gave me the opportunity to be here today. Thank Very you really so much. Good. Thank you. To Faye Coleman, August with Love. Congratulations on this book. This has been a Flashpoint Extra. Flashpoint is KYW News Radio's weekly public affairs show. It airs every weekend on 1060 a.m. on your radio dial. And it comes on at 9.30 p.m. on Saturdays and Sunday morning at 8.30. So you can subscribe to the Flashpoint Podcast for exclusive content like this extra. So until next time, I'm your host, Cherry Gregg. Thanks for listening.